Hot Wax Drippin' Honey, what do you say? I got a brand new record that I want to play. Welcome to Backtracks, Aerosmith Revisited. My name is Corey Morrison, and Hot Wax, you ain't kidding. My air conditioner quit today, so I am sweltering uh, in this in this heat, this Saskatchewan Canadian heat that is so, so famous. These folks in Las Vegas, they have no idea what hot is, do they? Let's bring in my, my, my good buddy. He's the sexiest man in podcasting, Scotty Too Hottie. Scott Haskin, how you doing? Corey, I'm doing great, man. I'm so sorry to hear about your air conditioner. Uh, I I feel for you, man. When when I record podcasts, and you know I do a couple, uh, I don't have any fans on. So this time of year, it's pretty brutal to to do them. But I love them. I love talking to to guys like you about great music and sometimes horrible music, and uh, that's why we do it. Well, we don't get a lot of horrible music on this show because we're talking about Aerosmith. And speaking of cool people, man, we just had a guest last week, John Matola uh, from the Deep Purple Podcast uh, was on and, and did a bang-up job. We spun a great tune, and it actually made its way onto the mixtape. Yeah, that mixtape's getting a lot of action these days. I will say, though, I enjoyed last week's episode so much, and I love that song so much. I almost feel like we shouldn't even roll the dice. We should just listen to that one again. Heart's Done Time is a fucking amazing song. Well, you know, you can just go back and listen to last week's episode, Scott. We, we, we really should maybe do a, a new track here tonight for, for the folks who, who have been with us for, for 77 of these things. Okay, uh, that's fair. <laughs> I, I also but, uh, own the song, so I could just listen to it. <laughs> do you have it on vinyl yet? Uh, no, it's it's on it's near the top of my list of ones to get next. So I I found a great deal on a near mint condition uh, version of Magical Mystery Tour with the twenty four page booklet uh, beautifully in place. Uh, vinyl is is mint. The cover only has the slightest bit of ring wear on it, and I got it for twenty bucks. That's got to be worth a hundred. That's a hell of a find. Yeah, if you look that up on Discogs, I guarantee it's it's pushing a hundred bucks, especially with the booklet. But um, yeah. if you get uh, permanent vacation on vinyl, I got the 180 gram uh, reissue, and it mm -hmm. sounds tremendous, especially those yeah. big booming kick drums that you're a fan of. Oh, a huge fan, especially on that album. Uh, but let me ask you: Are the when they when they reissued these, did they do those from the original analog masters, or were they done digitally? Like, I, I, does um, it have that same analog warmth to it that we love so much? Yes, I don't think it was done digitally. Okay. But uh, don't don't quote me on that. That's just what I what I remember, because uh, that that that's a whole other process uh, to do the the whole big digital remaster, right? Which mm -hmm. Van Halen yes. is going through right now uh, with mm -hmm. their with the Sammy Hagar catalog. But uh, yeah. whatever they did, is, uh, sounds really good. Sabbath it passes the ear test. Yes, everybody. And <laughs> as long as you as long as you're giving it the check, then I will I will happily get the newer version of it. I think you're going to love it. Yep. Heart's Done Time, the kickoff track from uh, Permanent Vacation, currently on the mixtape, leading off the mixtape. We made sure we put it right at the head of the class. Uh, following that is Moving Out, No More, No More, Girl Keeps Coming Apart, Bone to Bone, Coney Island Whitefish Boy, The Farm, I'm Down, Rats in the Cellar, and Combination. That's the deep cut side on the all-time Arrow Top 9. We have Let the Music Do the Talking, Chip Away the Stone, The Other Side, Home Tonight, Crazy, Eat the Rich, Mama Kin, Shut Up and Dance, and deuces are wild and i deuces are wild uh is interesting because that uh we did way back on episode 55 so mm -hmm. you know over 20 shows ago but it originated it was actually on the original dice of one mr kevin brown who i have now confirmed uh for next week's show kevin brown will be here and he's got to replace two songs on his die 
because uh, combination is what we spun and put on the mixtape from his die. And we've already done Deuces Are Wild, so he's got to come up with two tracks. But uh, Kevin Brown, the host of the Tom Pity Project, co-host of Seaside Pod Review and the Ultimate Catalog Clash, will be here next week. Uh, your thoughts, Hercules Stonewall? Uh, very excited about that. And, uh, you know, having to replace two songs, that's what you get for being a stranger for so long. Uh, really excited to have him back. Loving your new show. I'm waiting for tomorrow's episode uh, to drop, which will be episode three uh, for us of, of your new show. Uh, how are you guys uh, feeling about it now that you're a little more seasoned? Uh, you know, it's been an interesting experiment for sure, because uh, the first th three records of the Phil Collins era of Genesis, I was not familiar with at all. I knew the odd track here or there. Uh, you know, I'd heard Abacab maybe twice, uh, like the actual track. Uh, I knew the song, you know, hits like Follow You, Follow Me and, and all that. But uh, for first time listens, uh, it really kind of took me on a journey. And now, uh, peel back the curtain a little bit, uh, we're getting ready to record uh, sides A and B of the self-titled uh, album from 1983, which had a ton of hits on it. Five singles came off that record. And that's really where my fandom with Genesis started. So now I'm getting to the stuff I really love and away from the proggy stuff that Kevin really loves. So his scores, you know, I, I don't want to spoil anything, but scores were, 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 were quite different in the first three. Now the second three, uh, they may do a flip. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, Kevin uh, and I have employed you uh, employed is the wrong word because we're not paying you, uh, oh. but you're going to kind of be the, our, our, our judge because at the end of it all, we've submitted to you what we think the highest ranking album and track is going to be on the show. Uh, and we actually have a third tiebreaker. I'm going to have to uh, send your way here pretty quick too. But um, the winner of uh, season one, whoever gets closest on either of those uh, metrics gets to pick the band for season two. Uh, Scott, while well, I got you here, who do you think would be a good band if I win? Who should I pick to cover in season two of the Ultimate Catalog Clash? Wait, how many how many albums are you doing per season? It doesn't really matter. Uh, it it could be a shorter season. It could be a longer season. Uh, we're looking at what uh, six uh, from from the Phil Collins era of Genesis. So you know that, that that's a good twelve uh, episode season. You know somewhere in there. Uh, if it's a bigger discography, we might break it into like we did with Genesis. Right. Well, the thing is, it's interesting because you guys cover such a variety of bands between the, the massive amounts of podcasts that you do, you know, between Aerosmith and Van Halen, you know, bands that have that sort of historic catalog. I think it might be interesting to do a band like Led Zeppelin because none of us are covering them. And they're just one of the biggest bands of all time. So that, that's a pretty yeah. good suggestion. We'll have to take that under advisement. And, uh, and you I know our... talk about a, a variety of music. I mean, they're uh, they're not a rock band. They're not a country band. They're not a, a pop band. They're they're really a, a giant array of styles on every album. Mm -hmm. Well, good suggestion. I'm going to tuck that away in my back pocket. That may have to happen. Good job, sir. Uh, but you. before let's 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 talk about our current show. Yeah. Uh, backtracks Aerosmith revisited. Uh, lately, we've just been replacing songs on the on the mixtape, left, right, and center. Uh, we got six songs on the dice tonight. Uh, I'll just recap them here for you, folks. We have Jig is up, Never loved a girl, We all fall down, Out of your head, Roadrunner, and something. So that's three Scott tracks, three Corey tracks. Actually, two are from our good friend John Mariano that we still have on the dice from when he was on the show. Um, out of those six, uh, Mr. Haskin, is there anything in particular you're looking forward to? Well, okay, so there was a little bit of a mystery that we had on a recent episode that Kevin Brown helped us uh, with. 
when we talked about, I think when you put uh, We All Fall Down on the list, I was trying to remember what the song was that was getting into my head. I was hearing children sing that line. I was hearing like a, um, a marching band snare drum in my head. And uh, it was actually Toy Soldiers by Eminem. So thank you, Kevin, for helping uh, narrow that down. And now I can let that out of my head and not have to worry about it. Uh, but, you know, I'm really curious to hear what they did with uh, an Aretha Franklin cover. So I'm going to vote for uh, Never Loved a Girl. All right. That's one vote. Never Loved a Girl. Uh, I, I'm going to, you know, let's keep it uh, honking on Bobo uh, all night here. You're going Never Loved a Girl. I'm going Roadrunner. Mm-hmm. I, I want a little more little more bluesy, a little more up-tempo. Uh, I want to hear Tom Hamilton sing Beep Beep. Let's get a little Roadrunner action happening. All right, let's throw it over to Steven, and we'll get this sucker uh, rolling. And we come up with Jig Is Up. So about as far away from what we were hoping for as you can get. Uh, This is a track from the album Rock in a Hard Place. Um, I put this on the dice because we haven't covered a lot uh, from Rock in a Hard Place. This is the seventh uh, studio album. Uh, from Aerosmith, released in 1982, and it's famous for missing a couple of members, Joe Perry and Brad Whitford, not on this record. Uh, they were replaced by uh, Rick Dufay and Jimmy Crespo. Uh, Rick Dufay, I don't think, actually even played on the record. Uh, he he kind of came on board after the record was complete, but he went on tour with the band after. But Jimmy Crespo has a big presence uh, on this record. Uh, he co-wrote some songs like uh, Jailbait, Lightning Strikes, Bitches Brew, Bolivian Ragamuffin, uh, Joni's Butterfly, Rock in a Hard Place, and he co-wrote this one with Steven Tyler, Jig is Up. So uh, I guarantee you, Scott, you haven't heard anything from Rock in a Hard Place. Um, are you looking forward to this one here tonight? I am. I feel like even when we don't win our uh, our choice on the dice, I feel like we win anyway because we're going to hear an Aerosmith song. That's right. I'm curious, though. I, I remember uh, all the controversy when Stephen uh, started judging on American Idol and the band was kind of pissed off and said, well, we're just going to go on without you. And he goes, no, you're not. How is it that they went on without two of the guys in the band at this point? Well, i tell you, there was a big fight with Joe Perry uh, involving uh, wives and milk. And uh, I'm just going to leave it at that. There's a big controversy. Uh, Joe uh, just fucked off, said, I'm done. Uh, it was after, uh, I believe it was the World Series of Rock in Cleveland. Uh, and so after Joe left, they brought in Jimmy Crespo. Uh, and Steven Tyler was really abusing drugs heavily at, at this point. Uh, after they recorded, uh, I think it was Lightning Strikes, the first single uh, off this record, uh, Brad Whitford then uh, left uh, and was replaced by Rick Dufay uh, when the album was complete for, for the tour. Um, wow. So, yeah, it was a very uh, tumultuous time. Uh, in Aerosmith uh, history. I'm just trying to look up some some uh, quotes here uh, from the band. Uh, Joey Kramer said, the record doesn't suck. There's some really good stuff on it, but it's not a real Aerosmith record because it's just me, Steven, and Tom Hamilton with a fill-in guitar player. It's Jimmy Crespo doing the guitar work. So even when Jimmy was in the band, I don't think he was really considered being in the band. Right. Yeah, it, you know, it takes a while. And especially if you're if you're just coming in to do a studio album, you kind of feel like you're a filler. You don't really feel like you've been in the band until you've been on a whole like world tour. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know what? It, it, it's a rock record. I don't know if it really sounds uh, completely uh, l- like an Aerosmith record. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was co-produced by uh, Tony Bon Jovi uh, related to one uh, John Bon Jovi or Bon Jovi, uh, as he's known on stage 
Um, it was produced by Jack Douglas, Steven Tyler, and Tony Bongiovi, as I mentioned. So uh, Jack L Douglas, who produced all the early Aerosmith stuff, was on board for this and recorded at the Pirate Station in New York City. Uh, what do you say? Let's listen to a little Jig is Up from 1982's Rockin' a Hard Place. Let's do it. So I think we got a little uh, uh, vocal box happening there, don't we? I think so. Uh, well, the first thing I'm going to say is I fucking love the bass sound. It is raw <laughs> and right in your face. Uh, the drums sound really good too. But it kind of, it, it, is it just me or does this remind you of Dr. Feelgood just kind of slowed down a little bit? In a way, it, it's kind of, it, it's not a, an original uh, blues groove. Like mm -hmm. you, you've heard this on, a hundred songs. Very, very Aerosmith. Um, I was missing kind of that, that Joe Perry stank that they used to get on, on tracks like this. Yeah. Um, and and uh, to me, the, the big kicker was Steven. I don't think he sounds healthy uh, mm -hmm. on this track, especially on that squeal. And lyrically, uh, Passion Queen sold like black Vaseline. She was a long, cold Sally joystick. Know what I see? Like, th they don't really make a lot of sense. I kind of feel like they were just spinning pages in the dictionary and just pointing at words and saying, let's put that in there and we'll figure out a line to make that word work. Um, I don't, I, is black Vaseline a thing? Has that ever been a product? I don't think so. I've never, I don't even know what that means. I, I was hoping it was an American thing and maybe you could tell me about black Vaseline. Is it a big seller? Uh, it sounds like something we would have in this country because, you know, we have to make everything in every color and flavor. Uh, but as far as I know, that is not a thing. Well, I thought, especially in Vegas, like you yeah. just head down to the strip and you should be able to get black Vaseline two for a dollar, right? Like, <laughs> I think it's two for one now, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Drash and Spurs, out. Pong Man, Puss in Boots. Uh, she was an old mo lip, bold hip. Oh, none of this makes sense. No, it, it, which this is, this is the kind of stuff that I would expect Steven to just like scat out. In, in a live show where just every word that pops into his head comes out of his mouth. Not that somebody actually sat down and wrote this out and said, here's the lyrics to the song. Yeah. All right, let's keep going. Yes, uh, th th that's that's fit for a greeting card. Fucked up, <laughs> fucked up, fuck him, fuck him, booty, yeah. I if that fits for, I'm applying to Hallmark tonight. Uh, <laughs> you know, I I noticed too that Steven's a lot more in the background than he normally is. He's got a, a little bit of a, a slight delay on his voice, also to kind of thicken it up a little bit. Um, I I definitely think he is not sounding good here. But I agree with you on, like, this is such a down and dirty musically song. 
Um, I love that drag with the, you know, with the crash symbol going into the verse and then in the verse line. Um, this is just screaming for some Joe Perry. And you know what? Maybe this would maybe be cool on the farewell tour. Mm. Uh, I read a tweet from Tom Hamilton. Sorry, uh, exit or whatever the hell we're supposed to call it now. Uh, oh, I'm yeah. still going to call it tweet. Yeah. Uh, but Tom Hamilton said uh, they're having a great time in rehearsals and they're busting out some songs they hadn't touched in a while. Mm. And I'm like, wow, jig is up. Like, you know, we, we got a great blues groove. The the band sounds good here. You put a little Joe Perry stank. Of course, get Brad Whitford in there to, to handle the, the rest and, and get a healthy sound in Steven uh, wailing away on this. And I think it's a huge improvement. Like th this could be a really good live song. I kind of I, I feel like this is one they should have re-recorded with the with the regular band once they were back together. Um, I think the question would come down to: Is it going to be one of those things where, like, I, I'm I'm not playing on that because I wasn't on the original, or yeah, you know what? That'd be a fun song. Let's 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 make up for what we screwed up before. And they they don't really do a lot uh, from this album uh, once Joe and Brad got in the band. I think they did Lightning Strikes uh, mm -hmm. a little bit, uh, maybe Jailbait. Uh, unfortunately they, they might have done that one too but yeah uh, i don't know I, I listen to this and i think man well we're, get the current it, lineup doing this it would sound pretty good i think was anything off of this album a hit uh lightning strikes was, was the big single um mm -hmm. it didn't do well uh it hit number 21 on the u.s rock chart which is pretty good but it never hit the billboard hot 100 uh oh, didn't wow. chart anywhere else mm -hmm. um bitches brew was a promo single which didn't chart anywhere uh, wow. So th th this is really kind of at, at the bottom uh, of Aerosmith yeah. uh, uh, in the early '80s. There, at least it's at least it's mixed well. Yeah, there you go. Well done, Mr. Bon Jovi. <laughs> All right, that, that was a great uh, drum roll. I uh, had to call that out. But also the uh, the harmony, which I think was just Stephen uh, doubling himself. I, I thought that harmony was re mixed really, goal, uh, really cool and sounded really good. Yeah, I like that. Um, I, it's funny. As soon as I said it was mixed well, I realized, is there any guitar in this song? I, I'm not hearing it. I'm hearing all bass, drums, and Stephen. Just the talk box is, is all I was really picking out, yeah. Yeah, um, that's, uh, that's a sign. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and they called Jimmy Crespo the fill-in guitar player. He co-wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, I kind of feel bad for him because it, it, it's such a difficult situation to walk into in the first place. You know, replacing anybody who's iconic is always, no matter how big you are, uh, it's always kind of a dangerous thing. But, man, like just walking into a situation where the, the drugs are rampant and this is just a mess, like, I, I really feel bad for him. Bless his heart for giving it a shot. Crazy. I mean, all right. Yeah. Sweet, painted, and lovely, loose, 
All right. <laughs> <laughs> kind of running out of things to say that we haven't already said because it's pretty repetitive. You yeah. you have that that blues groove which has a little guitar on it. Mm-hmm. We we've established that. Yeah, you have the talk box playing over the kind of the chorus. I, I guess we can kind of call it a chorus, mm-hmm. uh, where where he has those uh, refrains like lick them, love them, push them, shove them, and Stephen just uh, stream of conscious whatever the fuck pops in his head. New York jet, old jock wide in the city locker room lady drive me crazy, uh, little loose city floozy. Oh, jeez whiz, I don't know, man. What do you think? I I feel like this whole song was just scat, and somebody went back and listened to this solo vocal track and wrote it all down after the fact. Like, I I have a hard time believing that somebody actually wrote these lyrics out before they went in and sang them. The other thing, too, is that the harmonica, like, it could, since we're we're lacking a good guitar here, the harmonica could be making up for that, but it's kind of lackluster. You know, it's just like, uh, okay, I'll just play, I don't know, I'll play that. And I, I don't feel like this song has the energy that it really could. I wasn't even getting harmonica. All I heard was was that talk box that the guitar uh, was doing there, which I'm assuming is Jimmy Crespo in this case. Usually it's Joe Perry. He mm-hmm. loves the talk box. Uh, yeah. Just listen to Sweet Emotion on any mm-hmm. given night, right? <laughs> right? He's playing the hell out of that thing, but oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. All right, let's keep going. What do you think of that guitar solo? I thought that was pretty good. I I thought that was really the best part of the song so far. Um, yeah, that I like the sound he's getting on the guitar. It's a little bit raw, but it's kind of refined at the same point. Um, really fits the song well, and uh, I like what he played. I, I wish I could hear what else he could do on the song. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Jimmy Crespo is a great uh, session musician. He's uh, performed or recorded with the likes of Rod Stewart, Billy Squire, Meatloaf, Stevie Nicks, uh, Rough Cut, uh, Renegade, uh, a whole bunch of classic uh, classic mm-hmm. acts. And, uh, you know, like you said, coming into a tough situation where he's coming in with, you know, to a, a situation where the leader of your band is so trashed out on drugs, he doesn't know what day of the week it is. And the other three guys just, you know, throwing up their hands like, you know, we lost the other creative head of the band here. And he's got to come in and, you know, try and, you know, make an album into something. And, I, you know, Jimmy Crespo is kind of the hero of this track for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, the other thing that's kind of weird about it, though, is that we only hear the guitar during the solo. I mean, we're not hearing like a regular distorted guitar sound, even playing rhythm in the background or anything. So the guitar just kind of comes in out of nowhere and we're like, oh, there's a guitarist in the band that's actually playing straight guitar. So without it, it's it's almost out of context because we don't have anything like that sound in the rest of the song. Um, the other thing I think this song could have used was maybe even a nice call and response on guitar. You know, just some of those little fill-ins. Steven says a line, the guitar answers. I think that would have fit the uh, the rhythm of it pretty well, the bluesy feel of it. Um, I, I think this song is a could have been something amazing. It really could have, and again, I'm going to keep saying it. I think if they busted this out in the uh, on the reunion tour or on the farewell tour, uh, I think it might be, uh, uh, you know, especially from the diehards who haven't heard mm-hmm. anything from Rock in a Hard Place in forever. Uh, I, I think it would be well received. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's Jig Is Up from Rockin' a Hard Place. Scott, this is a first-time listen for you, so let's start with you. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jig Is Up, and did you like it enough that it should maybe go on the mixtape? No. Um, I I think it had the potential to be one of their great blues songs, but they didn't they didn't put effort into it. Um, it, it's, it's just a, an idea that they, this, this almost feels like it should have been the demo version to me and they should have gone back and re-recorded it when they knew what they were doing. And especially like uh, when Joe got back and Joe and Brad got back in the band, they were putting together like Pandora's box. Uh, you know, why not uh, recut some of these, uh, yeah. cool, uh, rock and a hard place tunes. Uh, there, there was a few of them that probably could have used the, the Joe Perry, Brad Whitford touch. Uh, no fight this week. I'm in agreement with you. Jig is up. I didn't hate it. Um, there, there's some, some good elements to it. Uh, Steven really doesn't sound like he's in a good spot here vocally. Yeah. Uh, but Jimmy Crespo, I thought played great. The drums were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom killing on the bass as always. Uh, yeah. but for me, it, it's going to be a no dog. So it's not making its way onto the deep cut side of the mixtape. So there's the first time in what? One, two, three, four, five, six, uh, uh, weeks here that we haven't put a song in the mixtape. That's amazing. But you know, I, I don't hate it. it. It makes me sad, I think is what it is, because I see so much potential in it. And I look at where they were at at this point, and I think if they just had clear heads, this could have been a really amazing song. And, and I feel it's just lost potential to me. All right, Scott Haskin, do you hear that music? I do. I'm just wondering if it's the Bob Barker version of the Drew Carey show. Doesn't matter. We're playing it either way. It's how many times did Aerosmith perform Jig Is Up? I'll give you a hint. It's more than zero. So now you have to try and get the uh, closest to the actual number without going over. I'm going to guess that this was not a long tour. Uh, how many albums did they do with, with this guy? Just one. Just one. Okay. I'm going to say 15. 15? 15. One five. Oh my God. You won both showcases because the correct answer is 16. Wow. Look Excellent. at I you. I came within a dollar. Yeah. Well done. Holy cow. Sweet. Yeah. I think if, if they had done another album with him, I, I think they probably would have done more, but I'm, I'm going to guess that they did not even do a lot of shows on this tour. I, I don't think they did. There was a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of gigs that uh, kind of fell by the wayside. Uh, Stephen was either unhealthy to, to, to play him or uh, they were canceled for whatever reason. Um, yeah. First played November 7th, 1982 at Stabler Arena in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Last played May 30th, 1983 at Pine Knob Music Theater in Clarkston, Michigan. I know Pine Knob. I've never, I've never seen a show there, but I know Pine Knob. All right. So I only have one piece of business left before I get you to talk about the Deep Dive Podcast Network. And that's, yes. I got to replace a song. On the mixtape, because that was one of mine. Uh, I'm going back to a, a 70s album, uh, and I'm going back to actually uh, the album right before this, 1979's Night in the Ruts. And uh, I, because we were talking about Led Zeppelin earlier, I thought, you know what? Aerosmith did a Yardbirds cover, Yardbirds Ooh. featuring Jimmy Page, on mm-hmm. Night in the Ruts. So let's put that on the mixtape. We're going with Think About It, the last song from Night in the Ruts. Have, did you, have you heard the uh, Yardbirds version of Think About It? I don't think so. This is going to be interesting then. Uh, Joe Perry and Steven Tyler, big Zeppelin fans, big Jimmy Page fans, big Yardbird fans. Sure. Uh, th- yep, yeah, th- this is the cover on there. Uh, very much looking forward to that one. Uh, but before we go here tonight, Mr. Haskin, why don't you tell the fine folks about the Deep Dive Podcast Network? 
Well, Corey, as you may remember from last week, we had our buddy John Matola on from the Deep Purple podcast, one of our, our many varied podcasts in the network, along with Skinnered Reconsidered, uh, T-Bone's Prime Cuts on the other side, Sabbath Bloody Podcast, In the Lap of the Pods, Hawk Binge, Maiden A to Z. In fact, uh, I should note Arthur Brown, for those of you uh, who are fans of the crazy world of Arthur Brown, Arthur Brown is going to be doing some dates, uh, I believe, this fall in Europe with Hawkwind. So that should be a pretty interesting combination. Uh, we also have Diary of the Mad Men, the ultimate Aussie podcast. We have Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast, the Judas Priest cast, South by, or North by South podcast, So Far, So Pod, So What, and Volume for All, Stephen Mark and Sav and Nick over, well, I said that backwards, over at the Rock Roulette podcast. And of course, we have our short-lived Regarding Lulu but, you know, Corey, you and I share a ridiculous amount of space on the Deep Dive Podcast Network. Aside from this show, you and John Mariano do Backtracks theme music. You and Mark Kamara do And the Podcast Will Rock. You and Kevin do the Ultimate Catalog Clash, which we were talking about earlier. Then Kevin, not to be outdone, has his show, The Tom Petty Project, and he does the Seaside Pod Review with Randy. And then, of course, I have Uriah Heap, The Magician's Podcast. A lot of great shows on the network. And not to be uh, left out, our friends Sean Geek and Fast Fred and Eric at Booked on Rock. That's right. All tremendous podcasts. All we're checking out. Uh, but Scott Askin, uh, let's tell the folks what you got coming up. You're a writer. You're a composer. Uh, you sell your body for money on the strip on weeknights. Uh, tell the folks uh, what you got uh, coming up. Uh, money, uh, imitation crab, whatever, you know, whatever's available. Uh, right now, I'm just uh, reviewing the final audio for the Universal Court Book 3 audiobook. I'm also uh, getting ready tonight as we uh, record this to start the migration of the Haskincast podcast to a new distributor. So that'll be offline for about a week or so. Actually, it won't be offline. Uh, the website will be down, but the, uh, the, the app, uh, access through the app will be there, uh, I think, within about 24 to 48 hours. And then um, I'm going to be starting work on a new album in September. So lots of stuff. How about you, Corey? Always what busy. do you got going? Always busy. I'm just trying to get my furnace working so I can get my central air going because I'm about ready to die. And always in the back of my head because I have central air. It comes from the same furnace, air conditioning and heat. It's like, well, we're getting close to September, which means it's going to get cold. I got to get this thing fixed before the snow flies. So that's top of mind for me right now, uh, as is, uh, you know, trying to get a show in with John Mariano for uh, theme music, trying to get a show in with uh, Kevin Brown for uh, Catalog Clash and uh doing the van halen show we got a big live show coming up august 26th we've finished off our first record and it's fair warning so i'm reaching out to all of our uh, patrons uh, all of our uh fans uh, some uh, former guests like mr haskin has been asked to uh, send in your rankings of fair warning i've reached out to a few celebrities including greg renoff who wrote literally wrote the book on early van halen uh, we'll get their rankings and we're gonna reveal them all on august 26th on the and the podcast will rock youtube channel but until then and until next week on behalf of my good friend scott haskin my name is Corey morsehead thank you very much and as always let's give the final word to steven tyler <laughs>